Tiger style. Tiger style. Yo. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Death no place to hide when I step inside the room. Dr. Doom, prepare for the boom. Bam! Oh man! Ah! Slam! Damn! I scream like Tarzan. I'll be tossing and forcing my style is awesome. I'm causing more family food than Richard Dawson. Hello and welcome to DGenCast. I'm Eric Johnson, the Kingslayer. With me, as always, the Hack Father, Jamie Step, and joining us, friend of the cast, Matt Thomas, aka Turnenburn. We've got a lot to talk about. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, yeah. Hey, buddy. What, what's up? So, I, did, did I tell you that I, I I played a little bit of Legacy? I think you were even there. I heard that you played a little bit of Legacy. Yeah. Do you want to know what the worst experience of my entire Magic career is? It happened recently. No, it's the worst experience of your entire magic career. I lost to a proxy days <laughs> where a man picked up a proxy island. <laughs> Playing at the high rollers table, I see. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, good to see you again. It's been a while. Yes. And I know Eric and I see each other almost weekly. So, you know, I've seen him quite a bit, played some magic with him. So how have you guys been? Not too bad. You guys find it ironic that we're recording the cast before I even released the one we recorded four months ago? Yep. Quit telling people how the sausage is made. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need to know that. anyone was wondering. (laughs) Must maintain the illusion of complete professionalism and... (laughs) Jamie, we can't lose any more Patreon subscribers. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. There's so many. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. <laughs> well, I actually have a good story to start off on the cast because I am. I was hoping to get like the 40 by 40, you know, finish your 40 dual lands by the time you turn 40. And I didn't. So I'm trying to do 40 before 41, which is the lazier version of that challenge. Yeah. <laughs> The cheaper version. The cheaper version. So in preparation for for the Havenwood tournament, I I bought a set of Tundras from a guy. And I already had a Tundra, so I had five Tundras. And so I was like, and I needed to convert this one extra Tundra into like a plateau. Two Savannas and a plateau were the three remaining duels. So I posted to like (laughs) the Gen Pop Discord, which is, you know, I don't know how many people are in that server. Like 10,000? Yeah, I mean, probably. Just just nowhere. So I posted like, hey, I'm looking to trade a Tundra for a Savannah and a plateau or some combination thereof. Got a message from a dude I'd never heard from before, you know, just random name. We swapped messages back and forth. You know, we agreed on a deal, my Tundra for his Savannah Plateau. You know, really nice guy going back and forth. He said he was just getting into old school. And finally we get to like actually, you know, swapping addresses. And he sends me his address. And it's Clinton, New Jersey, which is this small town in New Jersey that I grew up in, my parents still live in. And I'm like, damn, somebody else from Clinton, New Jersey. And then I look at the guy's name and I'm like, holy shit, man, we went to high school together. (laughs) No fucking way! Seriously, um, editor. So you in, traded it traded dual lands with a guy from high school, so it was just like high school. Please tell me you drove up to trade them in person. No, the, the cards just got here, so it wasn't it wasn't an elaborate scam. Guy, I remember we actually had a math class together. I think if it's the if it's the right guy, and you know, I was like, I think we went to North Hunter together, and he goes, Oh bullshit! And then he looked at my name. And he's like, Wait, is your brother Luke? And I was like, Yes. Oh, the imp. He knows, he knows the, the imp. imp. Yeah. Crazy. Oh my god. Did, did just like a bunch of Oompa Loompas come out and start saying, start singing It's a Small World After All or something when that happened? <laughs> they just burst out of your closet. 
it was funny. This, this is, it's up there. It's either the best or the second, it's probably the second best uh, story of randomly running into somebody from Clinton, New Jersey. The other story is non-magic related. We'll have to tell that one later. Yeah, that might be, that might be a story for another day. <laughs> but winding back, we wanted to talk about some old school stuff back in February. Yeah, February, March, there was some stuff in April. We just basically wanted to talk old school. And then Turn and Burn has got a good analysis deep dive on a more recent, larger old school tournament that we'll get to in a second. But first, we got to talk about Cam Jam 2. Oh, Cam Jam 2. Oh, Cam Jam. I do have to shout Cam out. Cam, you throw a fantastic event. I have the most shit luck anytime I play in one of your events. This time, I, I ended up playing Grant from the Lords of the Pit round one. I called him out, said I wanted to play him. Because we actually, we've, we've like chatted many times, been at events together, and like talked a bunch and stuff. And we know each other, but we've never actually played a game together. So I knew that if I was only going to get one game that it needed to be in this whole tournament, it was going to be Grant. <laughs> so I got put in a very soft, soft bracket and still lost. Remind me what you were on. I played a Lantax Ivory Tower deck that won through Millstones. So and so I think I was running like, it was Millstones and Sarah Angel. I had two Sarah Angels main deck. So I actually did play, I registered two creatures whoa, whoa, in a deck whoa, whoa, list. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? I was playing Moat. Don't worry. Okay, okay. <laughs> so to reminder from, from folks who, who heard us talk this up on the last cast that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> this was a four channel format. So Ivory Tower clearly playing the anti-channel strategy. Um, I went for the pro-channel strategy with, with Mono Green Parfait. I call it Gaia's Bad Touch. You play Howling Mine. Oh, that deck was sick. <laughs> play Howling Mine, Gaia's Touch, and then like Icy Relic Barrier. You know, I, I had a Winter Orb in there. Like, and then, you know, eventually you just channel fireball them out. Were you running uh, Relic Barriers? Oh, all? yeah. Three Relic Barriers. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I remember seeing your list and remember being like, that looks sweet. Uh, weren't you running like fucking killer bees in that list yeah, or some I, crazy th shit? Three killer bees, four <laughs> whirling dervish, and a berserk was my sideboard package. <laughs> Love it. You know, for, for, oh my God. for the guys who came with four blue blasts and were like, I'm going to beat the channel fireball decks, like I had the, I had the bees. <laughs> so it was all going really well until game one of my first match when my opponent played a Thalid and I was like, oh shit, I can't beat that. And then he played two more Thalids. <laughs> I just got epically stomped. The guy was playing like four scavenger folk, four crumble. I, I think I would probably oh, win. So like sick. We could have played 30 games and I would have won zero, I think. Yeah, Mono Green is, is very, very good at blowing up artifacts between crumble, scavenger folk. You've got... Ice Storm. I mean, yeah. Ice Storm. I was only yeah. playing five red sources, so Ice Storm was pretty good. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, even, you know, they have they have their, what is it, Hurricane that hits non-flying creatures? Yep. You know, it's like, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he like, even had the, bee, yeah, he even had the bees plan covered with Hurricanes. Like, it was insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you really? God damn. Oof. So, yeah. And then the that, underground, uh, I wound up in the channel Mirror Except he was playing a version that was powered with fast mana, a bunch of wheels and counter spells. And I was playing a version that was mono green with Gaia's touch. So what you're saying is that you played against somebody that GBT'd way harder than you. No, he didn't GBT. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best was uh, game two. I actually got the turn three channel fireball combo on him. And he had like a planes and a mock sapphire up. And I was like, boom. And he power synced for one. <laughs> 
No shit. (laughs) And then he untaps and he fireballs me for one. And I was like, yeah, that's how it's going to (laughs) go. Wow, that's fucking brutal, man. Yeah, it was awful. I got stomped on. I uh, had a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I ended up not, not being able to continue in the event with uh, some things happening in my personal life. You know, you guys have been there for me, kind of helping see me through it. I was out of magic for several months, so I actually wasn't even aware of this other event that you guys are going to talk about because I didn't even know it happened. Just because I was kind of in my own world, you know, trying to get through some stuff. But I'm excited to hear about this one because you guys have some deck photos because you know I can't read in the show notes. The show notes are literally just like... Eric puts pictures in there of things to make sure that I know what to talk about. And he's not like assuming that I'm going to read anything or can read any of it. It's, it's actually quite helpful. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about lobster con. This is, this is the hacks talking about a one strip Atlantic tournament, which, uh, might want to record this one, folks. Don't know when it's going to happen again. I must be a good boy. Matt, I, I must be a good boy. Matt, I remember getting a message from you being like, they just posted the lobster cod list. We should do a deep dive. Like, tell me, what did you find when you did the deep dive? In the christening and maybe the final run of the Hacks Data Science Division. <laughs> I was going to say, we've never had data before. This is great. Unless it's unless I can find it on MTG Top 8. I'm sure it is well known that we are not fans of one-strip formats. And my thought was, is maybe if we approach this in an a scientific way and not an emotional way maybe people would listen to us i don't know we'll would find it be out scientific or mathematic like how do you let's just use those interchangeably who cares okay okay so what you're wanting to do is like really pick apart something in this 10 ply tournament that happened i think what's important is to stress the rigor the care the precision and basically like the raw brain power that's gone into this analysis the the grace that matt is going to show while on a, you know, very objectively talking about this data. I'm, I'm going to try. We'll see. <laughs> so Grab a whiskey and strap in, folks. What could possibly go wrong? Well, first, we should set up the event, LobsterCon, run by DFB, up in Boston. Really, really want to make it one of these years as one of the few hacks who genuinely enjoys one-strip formats. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. I would, I would go and play one in person. I will never play a webcam one again, but I would go play one in person because for me, it's more about going and seeing the people. Like I don't. And maybe if I can remember how to count mana in my head, my the deck I'm working on might be good in that format. Oh, it'd be very good, Matt. Oh, okay. Other than other than the first statistic that you're about to talk about, fucking your whole plan up. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> we only looked at the the top twenty one. We didn't have the rigor to pull through the rest of the deck photos and try and place them, so we stuck with the top 21. The first piece of data we're going to talk about is the color split. So basically, what percentage of the top 21 had a color in their deck? So I was a little surprised that white was the top one at 85%, followed by black at 80%, blue at 76%, Red at 57% and green at 23%. Yeah. I think it's nice to note that of that 23% of green, if you if you switched it to needed to have more than just regrowth, that number dropped to 14%. <laughs> and it consisted of exactly two mono green decks. <laughs> yes. So what you're saying is DFB and the other guy that played mono green. What, what we're saying is if you I don't wanna... think D, I don't think DFB was in top 21. No, he if, if you're going to try and spike an Atlantic tournament and you're going to put green cards in your deck, they need to either all be green or it needs to be just regrowth 
or, or stay home. Yeah, Sylvan, I think what we're learning is that Sylvan Library is bad in the Atlantic format. It must be. Any comments on that or should we move on to the next statistic? I'm surprised black is over blue, but when I think about it, like mono black and then, you know, a lot of decks splash for Demonic Tutor, Mind Twist. I mean, I'm, I do, I'm guilty of it. Every deck I play, I either splash green or i splash black so uh, we we were gonna get to that we did actually account for the splash black which was only mind twist and demonic tutor i think there was one list and, and that was 38 percent of the decks were on splash black so that 80 percent black number drops to 42 percent black if you count decks that have more than just mind twist and demonic tutor and i think we did count the guy who had mind twist demonic tutor and daryl lore as more than just splash black <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what about what about like the abyss? Are you including the the abyss in that? Oh yeah, we counted the abyss. Interesting metrics. I wouldn't have expected that to be that. So the other, I guess, sub segment we accounted for, aside from the black splash, was the blue white control suite. So swords, disenchant, counterspell, mana drain. Did we include anything else in there? I forget. And and you had to have like four four three or or more it was it was a pretty high bar it wasn't just if you throw two counter spells in and four swords we didn't count you you had to have like all of those so like the 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 true lockdown blue white package yeah and that was seven decks so that would be 33 percent. that's actually a lot lower than i would think out of the top 21 that's kind of surprising i would have expected that number to be between 40 and 50 percent so I'm, I'm actually genuinely surprised at how low that is. Maybe it's because they cannibalized each other through the whole goddamn event. Maybe. <laughs> then, of course... That would require a lot more data analysis that I don't know if I have the rigor to... We, we thought it was more rigorous to just look at the top 21 decks because we got kind of bored after doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we stuck with the high bar here, as always. One of the failed attempts was to count how many Mistress Factories, and uh, that fell apart very quickly. It was too many. It was, too, it was a lot. I think, in general, everybody played four, and there were like some oddballs on two, three, or one, and then I think I found like one who had zero. There were a couple zeros, I think. But in the top 21, we also looked at power, of course. I'm, you know, I'm an unpowered player. So uh, 16 out of 21 decks had full power, like, like literally every piece of power in the deck. Five had some power, which was anywhere from like a single Mox Emerald to like, you know, everything but, you know, like a, the, the, the off-color Moxen. So 76% full power, 24% some power, and zero unpowered decks in, in the top 21. No, no, no people's champion this time around. Well, shit. We also looked at just overall the number of colors each deck had. I just want to point out that 76%, totally a healthy, healthy statistical anomaly in your in a format. It, it turns out power is good. <laughs> or, you know, like... You don't say. Or that people are, like, really good at, like, deck building in this format because you start with power nine. 76% of the top decks started with... You know, it's not like, oh, what color do I want to play? It's, hey, I'm going to play these nine cards. So then what am I, else am I going to put in my deck? You know, like that that to me is just mind-boggling. I, I find that almost to be like the worst crutch. To be fair, Matt, did, did we count Time Twister or did we count... I think we counted Power 8 
without time twister might be in that group we'd have to double check the numbers which we're not going to yeah we would well twister is a fucking <laughs> power i don't care what anybody says chaos orb is the ninth piece of power in old school we'll see how feedback goes and maybe we will go back and double check our numbers and maybe see no we won't yeah <laughs> somebody who cares <laughs> more is probably our telling the people how the sausage is made <laughs> We skipped another piece that was called out in the show notes is the number of colors each deck had. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. We had one color at 9.5%. We had two colors at 19%. We had three colors at 23%. We had four colors at 33%. And five colors at 14%. I don't think there I mean, were any pure shop seems, decks, I mean, like just straight up right. mud shops. So oh, I don't no, think that would have been counted. That really that surprises me, but. The thing is, I think that the, their metagame has moved past that deck, and now they're playing, like, colored shops. Yeah, things. I think it was Esper was yeah, one Esper or yeah, more in the top 21. So yeah. 70% are at three-plus colors. We've got the Spice Master Award to go up for the top 21. Matt and I know the logic behind this one, but Jamie, let's see if you can figure it out. This is Will Partial at number 12 playing a Dead Guy deck. Three Dark Ritual, three Sinkhole, four Him, four Order of the Ebon Hand, four Hypnotic Spectre, two Black Knight, two Underworld Dreams, two Senjur Vampire, two Juggernaut, Tutor, Twist, Chaos Orb, Sol Ring, Jet, Pearl, Balance, Triple Disenchant, Quad, quad Swords. This is our Spice Master of the Top 21. Do you know why? Oh, man. This is tough. Um... It's absolute madman broke all the rules of old school deck building. Just completely just attacked the format from an incredibly unique angle. A super, super spicy list. The first thing that stands out to me is he's not playing Black Lotus. Not playing Black Lotus. Three Dark Ritual. No Black Lotus. No Black Lotus. Yeah, it's interesting with cards like, you know, Hypnotic Spectre and Underworld Dreams in your deck. You know, just just a, an observation. D does he know that they printed Ancestral Recall? No, no, no. This man has attacked format in a very unique way that nobody else in the top 21 thought to do. He cut a Mithras Factor. Oh my god. This is the oh, only deck that. in the top 21 playing less than four Mishra's Factories. Oh man. Oh, I missed that. My hat is wow. off, Will Parshall. You are the wow, brewing guy, Spice Master. That guy, well, you know, he he had the numbers right. Really metagamed it. It's like, you know, LeBron in Space Jam. It takes a lot of discipline to look at your Underworld Dreams, Hypnotic Specters, Sinkhole, Order the Evan Hand deck and be like, you know guys, we can't afford this fourth Mishra's Factory. Even though it's far and away the most busted card in the format. <laughs> Hats off. We were very impressed by this. It took a lot of scrolling through deck lists to find the next player who cut at least one Mishra's Factory, and they were pretty far down the standings, certainly not at number 12. So uh, the Spice Master Award for Lobster Cough for the Hacks goes to Will Parshall. Nice. Nice. Dude, that guy, that guy, you know, I bet he's one of those big brain people that listens to Tool. Hackfather, any, as far as the data, any further thoughts or feedback? Well, so as far as like, 70% of decks being three plus colors. I'm not surprised because, you know, you don't have fetch lands. So just running like 12 duels, you're, you know, in a couple of basics, you're not really punished for it. Um, like, I mean, I play three color, like a three color land tax deck that I've been on for a little bit. It runs, I just think like five duels, roughly. It's like five duels, I think, that are in the, in the deck. Cards like land tax make it easier to get away with. I think it's just... It, and you've got City of Brass. It's just way easier to, like, splash an extra color, even in, like, a two-color deck of, like, oh, well, I'll, I'll put four City of Brass in, and then I can play these three green cards in my white, you know, my white-black control deck or whatever, so. It, it's like, if you're playing a two-color deck, you're already playing, like, four City of Brass. 
if you're playing full sets yeah. of power, you already have the Lotus and the off-color mock. So you're, you have six yeah. free sources. And so, like, if you've got a two-color deck, it, you can make it a four-color deck without actually adding any other colored sources. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's not even counting being like, oh, well, now we add the duels, and all of a sudden now we've got just as many sources of our splash color for Demonic Tutor and yeah. him or for regrowth as we do for our main colors. Well, and, and here's why I think that that statistic is probably higher than maybe in Legacy. Is Legacy has, there's there's four lands in that format that are, they're similar to, to Strip Mine. Eric, I, I, you might know this one. one. It's from Tempest. It's called Wasteland. <laughs> I've heard um, of so it. It's the card. Yeah, it's the card that got Strip Mine restricted. So it's like, Almost like if you play in a one strip mine environment, you should just play three plus colors no matter what. So I'd be curious to see the data in a four strip format because I actually think that you're punished a lot more for trying to splash. Yeah, I'm not actually just I'm not actually sure it would be that different just because of you know you play your first four duels, you play your first four city of brass, and then unless you're worried about blood moon, you throw in another four duels and you've got. 10 sources of your of your third color like uh, I, i'd be actually curious this would be something that i i would actually like to see done so we just need to yeah. hold a big ec rules event and you know find the gumption to look through the top 21 decks from that <laughs> yeah it was a lot of work man i don't know if we can do that again <laughs> yeah i mean that's a lot of data that's a lot of math guys and then we're going to be giving out awards for the rest of the lists because this is the part that i'm really excited about because top 21 yes. yeah whatever seems awesome those guys did a great job had a great run but uh, I like looking through lists. So we've got a couple of awards. Um, we've got the Kingslayer Award. And this is a highly rigorous award, which consists of me skimming through the page and picking out the decks that I thought looked pretty sweet. We've got a second award, the Turn and Burn Award. Matt, do you want to explain the methodology behind the Turn and Burn Award? Um, it looked cool to me <laughs> in whatever moment i was doing the data my brain had melted from all the data analysis and something looked cool to me <laughs> and then jamie for you we, we created the hack award and this one since since you didn't actually look through the deck list we just picked the decks with the absolutely most savage and hateful spirit possible for a one strip mine format <laughs> oh so you pick you picked something that was in the o'brien school is what i'm hearing yeah I, I think you like what we got so so, so, so i'll pick okay. I'll, all right well for each award we, we did we did the uh the runner-up and the winner so we'll go through the runner-ups first and, and then the winners right, so for the right. kingslayer award i'm always looking for people playing the decks i like to play i played a i played a do nothing evil eye deck at the havenwood tournament so i was looking through for some evil eyes and i found one um oliver sweet built a mono black pestilence deck He's got Wall of Bone, he's got Evil Eye, a bunch of sinkholes, a bunch of hymns, he's got Underworld Dreams, three Pestilence, a Nev Disc, extra special guest star Skull of Orm. Yeah. <laughs> His fourth sinkhole is a Blight, so that he can keep rebuying it with Skull of Orm, rebuy the Pestilence. He's playing Weakness over Paralyzed. This is a guy who knows the game's going to go long. He's trying to cast Drain Lifes off of Bottomless Vault, the Fallen Empire's storage land. He's got four mazes of it. He just showed up with a plan, which was to sit there, play as many swamps as possible, and then just blow stuff up with Pestilence and cast a huge drain life. I, th so, I think the one that gets me in the sideboard, is that three warp artifact? Three warp artifact. <laughs> which also <laughs> has a, Skull of Orm synergy. What a fucking baller. <laughs> and he's got a second Skull of Orm, because he's like, yeah. I know. Postboard, post I'm going to want another baller. one of these. <laughs> yeah, this guy's a fucking baller. You should come to a Hacks event, whoever you are. Yeah, so Oliver Sweet, runner-up for the Kingslayer Oliver Award. Sweet, come to a Hacks event. Much props. Uh, 
Turn and burn. We'll let you play three more strip mine in your mono black deck. Oh, that list is so sweet. God, it's a work of art. I have to assume my brain melted and I did not find a runner up. No, you did get a runner up. It was the, the, the Peter Bosak and the Bug Berserk deck. Okay, I can't read. But yeah, it was just definitely a little outside the norm. It just seems like with especially a Berserk deck, you go heavier green or maybe red, but going black with Fallen Angel and Hippie. Yeah, the Fallen Angel is fucking spicy. I also like these running, what is it, Elves of Deep Shadow as a black source instead of running Llanowar Elves. And this one I missed the yeah, first support, time through. So support the hymns and the dark rits, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty sweet because then you, you can realistically, like, if you miss a land drop on turn two, if you went, like, Bayou Elves of Deep Shadow, you can hymn on turn two, which is pretty fucking sick. Yeah, and easy to overlook, but he's got a one of Armageddon main and a scrub land to cast it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, so the elves of deep shadow. I totally missed that. Yeah, I totally missed that. It's not even that he's he's not even playing balance. He's playing fucking Armageddon. One of Armageddon. He's got another one on the side. Like that dude's a baller. Yeah. Oh shit. And oh, he's running scavenger folk on the sideboard. This I like this list. This is a good list. I mean, it's playing Serendip which you know. Yeah. But it like in this deck, Serendip is just like your best card. You know, the rest of the deck is all shitters that <laughs> you just hope get there. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's little. I mean, it's just it's berserk shitters. <laughs> if your serendip damage is getting too high, you can sack it to fallen angel, man. Like the synergy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's I, I know. That's why I was like, you know, this dude's got like big brain fucking going on over here. Like I don't understand this shit. Like clearly, I missed something when learning to play magic. Also, bonus points for the uh, the two traps that are still in the sleeves. <laughs> Yeah. It's fucking great. So our first our first runner up was three sinkholes and then a blight you could recur with Skull of Orm. This is a bug berserk rocking freaking Armageddon's. Neither one of these was was savage enough to win the hack runner up award, which goes to Matt Imig. Jamie, you want us to talk us through this one? So I'm looking at this for the first time right at this moment, and this man is playing four Scrubland, four Underground Sea, four City of Brass. A grip of power. He's got ancestral and twister, along with one only one counter spell, one mana drain. He's running two swords. You know, running three disenchant. He's running uh, three sinkhole. I think that's a dust to dust that's in there. Yep. He's running one serendib. Sorry, four serendib. We hit, we have the mismatch set here. Four hypnotic specter. One spirit link. We've got a two books, a balance, a demonic tutor, a mind twist. Then there's three nether void. <laughs> this dude has massive balls. Like this dude's got some big nuts to show up with this kind of deck and play fucking nether void because nether void seems actively bad in this deck. But he is also running two wrath of god in the sideboard in addition to three energy flux. And some control magic, which is fucking sweet. It's like this dude showed up to party. That's for sure. It's like kind of like what if the deck, but Nether Void. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of running like the Abyss or you know Moat. Nah, I'm just gonna run fucking Nether Void. Whatever. How many should I? Run? Ah, let's run three. Why not? <laughs> it's a Chat World Legendary. It's probably the right number. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're gonna run. We're gonna run a bunch of two drops in a deck that is running four City of Brass with four Nether Void. This dude is a fucking genius. <laughs> this looks like a deck I would build. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get to the next one. This is this is the Kingslayer Award winner. I, I've I've just opened this this deck list 
I've opened this deck pick on my computer and just stared at it for like hours at a time. And then I come back the next day and I like reopen it. This, I was scrolling through. So like evil eyes catch my attention. The other one, other pet card creature I always look for, granite gargoyles. And I saw a lot of granite gargoyles, like some one ofs in red green decks or in blue red decks, stuff like this. And then this one has got four granite gargoyles right in the upper left of the thing and I'm like, all right, well, I'm I'm already I'm already liking this list. And then we go through the rest of it. We're like, okay, we got two juggernauts. Okay, we're doing some aggro. We got a Shivan Dragon. We got a couple of fireballs and a disintegrate. We got three shatters. Like dude clearly knows what we what we're up to. We got two blood moons. We got four bolts. We got a fisher. Fun little one of. Then we got like two forks, which I always get excited about. Then we got like one disc and then we start looking at the white cards and we're like, all right, we got two land tacks. Okay. Well, I guess that helps me get the Shivan out. Two Mana Flare. Well, I guess that really helps me get the Shivan out. We got some Swords to Plowshares and some Dishon Chance. All right, good deck building. And then we have two Ornithopter and two Righteousness. And then, you know, you look the second or third time and are like, is there a Diamond Valley? Is there a Sword of the Ages? Is there some kind of combo other than I want to show up at a 180-person tournament, watch my opponent attack into an Ornithopter, and Righteousness the fuck <laughs> <laughs> out of whatever he's trying to swing with and just be like what what like welcome to pain like this list is amazing gotcha <laughs> i i literally had to look that card up because i don't know what the fuck it does i recognize the art but i was like target blocking creature gets plus yeah. seven plus seven just get yeah, dunked I on was, like i'm I'm looking at this list. I'm looking at the Ornithopters the whole time. I don't. You've been talking about. It. I'm not sure if you can see my face, but I'm like, I what want the fuck are those? I want this guy's tally sheet of all the stuff he killed with Ornithopter Righteousness, <laughs> or with forking forking a guy's removal spell. Like this list just looks like a dude just came to ball and was just like, yeah. yo, let's see what happens. Sit down at the table. You don't know what's gonna happen. This list, and I it's, fucking and love. And it's unpowered. I oh, yeah, it's that. unpowered. Like, that's, you just put it over the top. I was like, this guy, like, Yeah, man. no, this dude knows how to ball. Yeah, Derek we Stafford. Like, we need to message these Derek people. Stafford, I want to meet you. Like, you're an awesome dude, and your deck is awesome. Like, this deck is great, and I just love the attitude. That deck came to fuck, that's for sure. God, two main deck. I, and the sideboard also with oh, the yeah. two Shatterstorm. He, yeah, and he's got, like, <laughs> two fire breathing. He's got Artifact Ward, Circle of Protection Artifacts. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, three fire breathing to go with the Mana Flare. Like, ah, just just love it. Ornithopter fire breathing, man. Get in there. Get in there. <laughs> for, for when you really need to go over the top. <laughs> It's about sending a message at that point. Holy shit, I'm looking at this next next deck list. Yeah. God damn. The, the, Matt was just like, dude. Yeah, I'm looking through, and it's like, Forgism, okay, power. Yeah, oh, wait, what's that? I don't, I don't, I don't recognize that art. And then I keep looking, and I have to like really think about what the card is, because these are very sick alters here. So John Wachlowski, I hope I said that right. If not, send me hate. Bravo on the alter game. And it's definitely an interesting deck. I can't tell what half these are. I'm going to have to put my fucking reading glasses on. God, I'm old. It's a bunch of vampires, a bunch of juzums, fireballs. Is that what those altars next to the juzums are? Yeah. They, singer vampires? Yeah, there's hymns, swords to plowshares. It's yeah, just I was like, able to make out the hymns and stuff, and the swords and stuff. Just like a big dudes and efficient removal like list. Yeah, I think that's, those are specters, the guys with the flaming like pumpkin heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, this this list is sick as fuck, dude. These altars are badass. This is ridiculous. This is like a work of art. Like I would frame this. Yeah, like the dual the dual altars are fucking tight, and then it looks like I can't. Are are what's 
to the right of the scrublands. There's a set of altars next to the... They're like in between the... I think they're scrublands and the uh, vampires. Yeah, they're basic swamps in the strip mine, I think. Holy shit. Those Wait. are the basics? Yeah. God damn. Oh, dude, holy fuck, man. This guy's altar game puts me to shame. This is really like... This is just a... It's just a work of art. It's amazing. I, I really like this list, though. It's good, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's got the miser's power with, you know, add balance. But, like, then it's just like fucking, fly, you know, like fat, black fatties. He's even got the Heaven's Gate Martyr's Cry combo in the sideboard. Yeah, it's just one of those. That. That's like such old school. Like, oh, man, I remember that combo. Like, yeah. No, this list is sick. Cool. We got to talk about the final and 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 champion, the, the Hack Award winner. This list, you know, Hack Rack is 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 a long and respected archetype among the group of kind of the mono black. It's a tradition we've all been through. You know, we've all played it. Dark rituals, terror, dark rituals, hymns. You know, order the Ebon Hand, underworld dreams, stuff like that. But this guy. He went, Stephen Hartford went harder than any of us have ever gone by building mono black, unpowered mono black splash tsunami. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> then, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the sideboard splash. Well, well, just the main deck. He's just like, yeah, it's all mono black. And then we're going to throw in those four cities of brass. And we're going to play one balance. We're going to play one wheel of fortune. And we're going to play three tsunami. <laughs> three tsunami. God damn. Welcome to pain, blue players. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then it's like, whoa, 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 you're going to main board three Tsunami? Like, whoa, what if you go against a non-blue deck and then you look at his sideboard and he's got three Flash Fires and three Acid Race. He's like, I got them covered too. And then two Blood Moon to boot. <laughs> this, this guy is just, he is going for your mana base. Like, like hide your lands, hide your mana producing lands. Like, Stephen Hartford oh is coming God. for them. He is knocking on I, the window. I, he is coming I think what's inside. Better is that he has four underworld dreams, so you can't just sit there either. <laughs> like, oh my God, this dude just came to fuck your day up. Like that's all he wanted to do. In a Tormod script main? Holy crap! <laughs> that's an interesting choice. This list is just like it speaks to the hate that upwells within within all of us from time to time. It is an absolutely savage list. Just a just an absolute baller of a deck. Yeah, there's definitely... I mean, there's just something to be said about the art form that is a hateful land destruction deck. Backed up with Black Vice and Underworld Dreams. And, and Haunting and haunting Wind. So if you're like, well, I'll just play out yeah. all my moxes. It's like, well, you're going to take a lot of damage. Yeah, have fun <laughs> with that, asshole. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking great. Oh, dude, these altars, man. Oh, you got to the Dickalore section. <laughs> yeah oh my god i really need to order one of these for uh sea biscuit i it, it's <laughs> i know the guy who does these yeah shout outs to mike france ollie rod and daniel kelly for the most disgusting dick lore altars that we could find uh in our skimming through apologies if we missed any turgid throbbing dick allures. um <laughs> i mean as, as hacks we are huge fans of putting dicks on cards so if your dick game is on point we're going to give you a shout-out on the cast. Yeah. Also, got to give one out to Jeff Wright, who didn't restrict himself to the Daralore and just completely covered up a Mistress Factory with with, with a nice one. <laughs> yeah, the, the honorable mention, Mistress Factory <laughs> dick. Oh, it was so good. Uh, I did dick. see that. And then I also saw the disenchant that uh, was the Seabiscuit sticker. The whole list is camp. like that. Yeah, j just rocking it. That's fucking great. We had a real fun time looking through the LobsterCon list. They looked like a su super fun, a lot of really fun decks. 
the freaking Boiling Lobsters deck in the top 21 was amazing. I'm sure other people who, who know more about the format and can talk more about strategy can, can break it down a little more. Uh, but, you know, we just tried to stay to the scientific principles and make sure, you know, make sure everything we said was grounded in real rigorous analysis. Yes. Yeah, definitely. 100%. We also thought it might be fun to do a little, like, Ask the Hacks mailbag segment. Because, you know, we, we get tons of mail and tons of questions from our, our large and devoted fan base, um, both in our Patreon and in our paid Discord channels. What about the OnlyFans? Do we actually... Well, we don't get a lot of questions there. there. It's... <laughs> Oh, those are uh, I would say demands. Okay. People are very, very, very specific about what they want to see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of disturbing. They, there's a lot of things I've been asked to do with a strip mine that I'm not comfortable talking about on this cast. Yeah, you you, you got to go up the tiers if you want to get access to, to, to those to those live casts. But anyway, this, yeah. we get all these questions. <laughs> and the number one one is from people who have played in events like LobsterCon and are like, now, I want to be playing strip for strip mines. And I know four strip mines is the way and the truth and the life. But my play group, they always only want to play one strip formats. And I cannot convince them to play an EC rule set or any sort of four strip rule set. So this is a question. And so I turn it to you guys to answer, like, what are some of the creative out-of-the-box ways that you can convince your one strip play group to allow four strip mines in deck building? Turnamer, what do you think here? Uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a tough one. All right, so the proposal I like the most was called Quadlantic. The basic Ooh, thing is we'll play it. every card allowed in Atlantic by four. So, for example, you would get 16 factories, Ooh, 16 mazes, sweet. finally four strip mines, well, and that's four the thing, libraries. Like strip players, they're like, but man, people strip my library and I don't automatically win the game on turn one, and that's lame, or man, like... I, they, they can one-for-one me one on factories, and I can't just always have factories on the board. So you think Quadlantic will help solve that? Maybe. Let's 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 keep going about some of the things we need to think about. Yeah, so, there's there's a lot to also there. We also play sets of power. I mean, naturally. Naturally. So, in some quick analysis, mono red might be really good. You get 16 lightning bolts, 16 chain lightning, and four black lotus to power them out very quickly. You also get four wheel of fortune, buddy. 16 black vice. That is pretty strong. (laughs) Yeah, that that might be a little too good. Let's keep thinking. Someone would probably do four lotus, four wheel, four twister, and probably underworld dreams or just value win, I guess? Probably? That'd be strong. Something degenerate. Yeah. Just generate enough mana to brain geyser your... Fireball. Your oh yeah, and you get yeah four brain geyser too. You get four moxins, so you're just making mox drops every time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that seems like a good deck. Also, how expensive would it be to play this for real and quote unquote sanctioned when you have to buy sixteen duels? You don't have sixteen duels. I mean, I have sixteen duels, but they're not. I don't have sixteen of one hey, copy. If of you're them. playing blue black control, you're playing blue black control. You want to cast him and counter spell on turn two, so you, you play sixteen underground sea in Quadlantic. Well, exactly. So, so here's my thing: I get to play sixteen land tax and sixteen ivory towers. I, I, I got to tell you, land taxes two through fifteen don't add that much value. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. So, so I, I've got a different idea. <laughs> Oh, you, de- you definitely play four channel in Quadlantic. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely legit. They got those strip mines yeah. to cut you off green, so playing four channel isn't busted. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good format. I mean, I would I would play that, but only second. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, maybe some problems with that idea. So I, I had a different thought on how to convince your one strip group to play four strip mines, and that's a format. I, 
Okay. I like to call right. it Reverse Atlantic, where it's the Atlantic rule set, and with the exception of basic lands, all the restricted cards in Atlantic are unrestricted in Reverse Atlantic, and all the unrestricted cards are restricted. So you're restricting every. So you can play four Moxes, four Strips, four Balance, four Mind Twist, four Tutor, four Regrowth, four Ancestral Form Time Walk, but one of everything else. So one Lightning Bolt. <laughs> one Swords, one Order of the Evan Hand, one Scavenger Folk. All right, okay. You probably need the tutors just to find the thing you actually need on said turn. Oh, that means that workshops yeah. are restricted. Mistress Factory and Workshop are finally restricted, yeah. so I think this format's going to have legs. It's Yeah, it's like the way God intended hmm. a one-strip mine format. But we have The four. problem is, like, if you are one of those, like, kind of, like, spice, like, nostalgia players, and, like, you know, it's really time for, like, Homerid's spawning bed to shine. It's like, sorry, buddy. You only get one. That's <laughs> I'm going to jam Ornithopter, re- Ornithopter Righteousness in my reverse Atlantic list. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you only get one you of get each. Four demonic, you get four Demonic Tutor to go get your combo pieces. This is like almost Commander without playing Commander. So so yeah. I think this might be a yeah. good one. Hackfather, what, what do you think? Do you, do you have an idea of how to convince somebody's one-strip friends to play a four-strip? Yeah, so, you know, there's this powerful emotion that people other than me have. And it's called Empathy. So Empathy Lantic. So you play the EC rule set, but you have to make eye contact, gently touch their hand, and say, I'm so, so sorry for every strip mine activation <laughs> after the first. So it's just about providing your opponent aftercare? Yeah. And, you know, instead of having a floor judge at events, you can have a grief counselor so that just players can get over the loss of their lands. You know, it's it's a tough thing to move past l- losing a dual land. You know, it really is. So, but yeah, I think empathy is the way to get your 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 Atlantic loving friends to to finally learn how to play proper old school. <laughs> hmm. So, on final review, has anyone moved off their initial choice? I, I like Empathy Atlantic. I think I think that's got legs. I I kind of like Quadland. I kind of like Quadland. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Because I just want, I just, but only sanction. Yeah, no, only no proxies in Quadlantic. You want to play sixteen underground seas? No, you buy sixteen underground seas. No, what? I, yeah, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna sell my lotus and I'm gonna buy more mox rubies and more bolts. <laughs> you just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, huh? Exactly. I can finally play the burn deck I've always We're wanted. We're gonna make to. card availability a factor again, just like Richard Garfield intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You want to sp- oh, you want to spike this oh, tournament? God, you you need four good. black lotus, four of each box, four times. <laughs> we will post this on Twitter for you to analyze, and we eagerly anticipate your feedback on our Patreon and our email and whatever. I'm other sure these formats are all very balanced and fun. So, Feel free to host a 180 person yeah. tournament, and uh, you know, yeah, you should give, give it a try. try. I, I think your play yeah, group will really like these know. ideas. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh man, isn't there like a new standard set out or something? Well, when we originally planned to do this cast, it was Anime Kamigawa was the new set, and I think there have been like maybe fifteen or sixteen sets that have come out since then. Seems legit. Wait, oh yeah, the Baldur's Gate set just came out. Shit. Yeah, we got gangster playing with not drugs. Yeah, fuck it. We we don't need to talk about other stuff. (laughs) There is there's one card I want to talk about. I want to meet whoever at Wizards got Hidetsugu consumes all into the design file because it goes against everything I've learned about fire design. It's a hate card. <laughs> it's a saga. Comes in, destroys all non-land permanents with mana cost one or less. So like, 
everything that a Delver player is except for Murtai Regent, the strongest card in the deck that still isn't banned. Um, destroys everything else that they've got. Just great for eternal formats. Uh, the second one, Exile the Graveyards. Again, you're trying to do shitty stuff with your graveyard. Not anymore. Get Reanimator, Uro, Delve, whatever. And then the last one, you know, it flips into a 3-3 Trample that, you know, grows every time you hit. And if you're playing EDH or some stupid-ass life game deck, you can just one-shot people. If you do enough, if you get this thing big enough, it one-shots oh, you regardless of your life. So, like, they hate it on these archetypes of, like, uh. hyper-efficient, like one drop only decks, graveyard decks, and like life game decks. They put this card together that hates on all three of those, and, and this blew my mind, it's symmetrical. Whoa, so whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa. it's symmetrical. So you can't just jam it in your one drop delve abusing life game deck and watch your opponent's deck fluster and stop working. You actually have to plan your deck to take advantage of it. I don't know who at Wizards had this idea of having a powerful card have a trade-off in deck building costs, but it's such a fresh new idea that my hat is off to yeah, whoever made this I, card. It's phenomenal. You, you, I wonder if they won our contest. <laughs> the great designer search for a, a fair legacy card that doesn't search, just immediately yeah. slot into double. I've been playing Grixis Control and Legacy from time yeah. to time. This card is the real deal. It's a super fun card. It handles so many annoying cards that they've printed recently. And again, I love that I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, throw Snapcaster K Command in the deck. And I'm like, well, I still did it, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. <laughs> I had to think about sequencing my plays instead of just being like, oh, I drew a three drop, I'll play the three drop. Oh, I drew a four drop, I'll play the four drop, which is what most of Magic feels like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because, you know, the, the sequencing in most decks in Legacy is not important anymore. People are like, oh my god, it's so important on whether you ponder a brainstorm first. Like, it, it, not, I mean, sure, there's maybe like a one and a half percent thing, but when you're playing against somebody that you're already, like, you've seen a quarter of your deck and they've drawn five cards, like, don't think that they, you know, don't, I, I you're, you're strongly favored. Yeah, ponder brainstorm, whatever. I'll draw an expressive iteration of Murktide Region. It'll bail me out if I make the wrong choice. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like th when people talk about the thought decisions for playing blue, I just like want to fucking shit in my pants right in front of them. Just be like, this is about how much thought it takes. Any other cards that, that you guys wanted to call it? That, that was really the only one on my list. That, like, I was like, oh, this card's great. <laughs> I mean, I do like the new Basin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that card. I. <sighs> I think the channel lands are a little broken. That one in particular. Yeah, that one in particular is very, It still very feels strong. fair, though. Like, yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks that you can't interact with it, and that's kind of the thing that is a little shitty, is you can't interact with the with the effect. Like, You know my flex slot for Grixix and Pro. I didn't have a second Jace the Mind Sculptor. So in that slot, I played a one of Stifle, and it was literally better than Jace the Mind Sculptor every single time I drew it. I definitely want to play just like four Stifle decks from here on out and like make people regret saying that, oh, they can't interact with Channel. I'm going to be interacting with Channel. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, that that is the interaction that, that you have with it. There's also like the Flash creature that you can play that has a Stifle effect attached Oh, yeah, yeah, the bird. The bird, I think. Yeah, the bird, so... But yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I kind of like that cycle of lands. The blue one is pretty cool. I've been fucking with it in EDH a little bit. Oh, they're just like, auto-includes in EDH. Seems, seems, yeah, I mean, it uh, depends on the strategy, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I, I 
have my set, so I'm not complaining. I didn't really follow that set too closely. I saw the channel lands and I saw a couple, a handful of cards that seemed pretty good. The one, in, you know, the one that you were talking about in particular <laughs> being. I was just blowing up chat like, oh my god, they designed a symmetrical hate card that's actually playable. Like, I don't know anything about any of the other sets that have come out. I haven't followed any spoilers or anything. I mean, I think there's like some reprints, but nothing that really sparked my interest. But we do have a new event oh. coming up. We should talk about this one. Oh, yeah. So in July, we decided, you know, just a once a year gathering with the boys, you know, you kind of start missing the homies after a few months. So we, we really needed like to solidify, you know, our manly bonds. Um, so there's like only one possible thing that I could think of that we could do. What do you guys think it was? Tell us. Dress up like pro wrestlers and get wasted. <laughs> so July 15th through the 17th will be Hacks SummerSlam. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! That Friday night will be Jihad and old school contracts pickup games. Saturday, we've got the local bar that is hosting this. We actually reserved it privately. Uh, it's called The Gathering Place in Chapel Hill. The owner, Josh Goodsell, is an awesome dude. Was willing to rent us the bar privately with kind of the, the formats that we're You're playing for safety bar, reasons. You're saying bar, like it does not have an amazing singles case and stacks and stacks yeah, of sealed okay. product. This is, yeah, it's, okay. It is a game store bar that has opened up locally. It is fantastic. Like Can confirm. They have sealed product from almost every set. They have tons of singles, like... It's just a sweet place to go play. We all we have been loving going there because you can climb into a you know a booth like at a bar, but it's inside of a game store. You know, like oh, I need to go get some singles, and then like play it, and then there's a bar on that side that you can just walk up and grab. They have 32 things on tap, but but no. So they graciously were willing to work out a deal with us to give us the bar privately so that people can cosplay as professional wrestlers to play a six round combined format event. It is three rounds of old school, three rounds of vintage. But you know, best record at the end is what's gonna end up winning it. So didn't wanna make it too easy for people to just show up with the deck, you know, or show up to vintage and play whatever fucking super broken deck is out there while Matt and I decide that Vampire Hex Mage is, you know, still playable. <laughs> it is, damn it. <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> So, you know, we're, we're still living on a prayer, buddy. We're living on a prayer. So we wanted to make it so that it wasn't just one format. You know, some people aren't huge on old school, like Sean O'Brien. You know, Frenchie is not a, a big old school player. They like playing vintage. So, you know, it allows them to, like, team out with people as well for people that are, like, old school specialists, like Vintage Greg. You know, so, which is funny because his name is Vintage Greg, but he's an old school specialist. I think what's really funny is that is that you and Vintage Greg started brewing independently and came up with lists that were like maybe five cards off from each other. <laughs> I know with the finished product. That's the really funny thing is, is that we were it's like two sides of the same twisted brain. So should, I mean, should we talk about this fucking pile of playing? If you want to let it out under wraps, I don't know. It's up to you. I don't know if we're going to have this podcast out before July 22nd or whatever, but... <laughs> Who are you shitting? I'm not getting this out before then. <laughs> um, not unless Matt decides to do all the editing. I don't know how to, so that's probably not a Google good idea. how to put bumper music in, because that's all we need at this point. <laughs> anyway, so I, you know, have said that I've been playing a lot of, of land tax, so I, I decided... I've been playing, you know, blue-white 
or sorry, no, the red, red, white, green version for a little while. Kind of got tired with it. The deck was not winning as much as I thought it should. So I decided to go with like the old color combo that just fixes everything is Dega. I built Dega Tower. So this deck is four bolt, four swords, four disenchant, one disintegrate, three fireball, one mind twist, one balance, one demonic tutor, one wheel of fortune, one wrath of God. Lotus, Jet, Pearl, Ruby, Feldon's Cane as a one of, three ivory tower, a chaos orb, four land tax, one land's edge, one moat, and two abyss. So I picked up my second abyss and was like, you know what's what I really lose to a lot is creatures. You know what creatures die to? The abyss. And so yeah, I ended up picking up an abyss. So the, the mana base is a Badlands, a Library of Alexandria, six mountains, six plains, two plateau, a scrubland, a strip mine, two swamps. And then this is the vintage Greg tech that he had me try. So I was using two Rainbow Veil. He's got me on one Evan Stronghold, one Ruins of Truth here. So if, for those of you that don't know what these lands do, they are sack lands from Fallen Empires. Tap to say it comes into play tapped, so that really does suck. But then, but then after it untaps, it has the ability to sacrifice for two black mana for Evan Stronghold or two white mana for Ruins of Trocare. So you can cast your moat or your abyss and then also activate your land tax on the next turn. Yeah, I played I played a couple Evan Stronghold in those like super slow evil eye decks I was playing, so you could like just get that extra bit of power and a drain life or pest wounds or something. And yeah, it definitely always sucked when they came into play tapped and then your opponent would strip them and you were like, Oh right, that sucks. Well what's really funny is that I I have played them gotten gone like one of those like Mox Pearl play land tax and then somebody has strip mined me and played a land. This has happened like almost every single game that I've played and I've been like, that was a really bad decision. Like, why did you do that? You literally strip mined a fucking tapped land. <laughs> and then I proceed to push their shit in because I have perfect mana for the rest of the fucking land game. Land tax is a hell of a card. I have only dropped one match on this deck. And that was in contracts matches playing with Rusty when he came oh, out yeah. to visit. And he resolved three of them in one game, to be clear. That's really why I lost. One game was three. The Pretty other hard to beat two, that extra so 20 like, cards. Yeah, yeah. Especially when somebody is, you know, playing a channel fireball deck. So, yeah, it was... I, but I haven't lost to anything else. Like, I've, I'm legit have The deck is very good. You let, me, you let me pilot it for a little bit. And, like, you know, having never played the strategy before, I was like, oh, wow, you just, like, kill everything and then play a million lands. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking pretty good. good. Pretty good. I mean, it's something. It's it's something that a drunk version of me can pilot. Because all I have to do is point at my permanence. I don't have to speak. I just point at land tax. Then I point at my ivory tower. Man, you want to talk about uh, your plans for the for the for the event? <laughs> so I'm gonna get crushed, though. I'm sure. I'm still thinking. I've had something I've been working on for old school for a while. And assembling. wait, is this our super secret project? It might be. How secret is it, buddy? Should we should we talk about what we've been doing in the lab while we're covered in Vaseline late at night, listening to Eminem? I thought it was Tool. Oh yeah, sorry. Got to get the got to activate all the latent. Oh, brain I thought cells. that was after we like listened to the the Eminem album and rubbed up against each other. It might have okay. been, or we did. The order might be incorrect. <laughs> but. <laughs> anyway, there was Tool involved, lots of Vaseline, Matt and I in a closet, and we came up with a, uh, a deck idea many years ago, I believe. Yeah, you, the the hint is I loaned you, I loaned the Hackfather cards to play this in an event. 
Yeah, it's the only time I've ever borrowed cards to play in an event. I played a high tide deck at the old school players ball that Matt has been slowly, diligently, and passionately assembling cards for. The deck actually played pretty well. I went 3-4 at that event, and I probably should have been like 5-2 and I'm because I misplayed and died to Mana Burn twice <laughs> with... with like, yeah, I, it was like, oh, I have all this. When you're casting all these high like, tides, oh, mana burn is, is definitely a thing. Yeah, well, it was like, well, it was like I left one. One of them was like I was at like five life, and I had I think like a power sink in hand, and I I could have swore my opponent had counter spell in hand, so I left up enough mana from the high tides off the end of the fireball to power sink, and he didn't have the counter spell, so I died to the fucking. Mana, I, I would have died to the mana burn. So I ended up giving him the, you know, like giving him the game because I was like, dude, yeah, I totally miscounted. Like I should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the deck is super powerful. It runs. I mean, it, Matt, you should you should talk about your baby because you've you've made some revisions since I played the deck. Yeah. Um. One restriction is I don't. I only own one underground sea, so I don't get to do the pro black splash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you can. You have access to the Hackfather's card library for SummerSlam, so you do have as many Underground Seas as you fucking want. You can play five Underground Seas this Yeah, summer. we should do Quadlantic. You, you got 16 in that? You got 16 in that yeah. vault? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we may have to talk. The hacks may need to come together and pull it. So, all right. I guess we'll let the cat out of the bag. So, if probably what I would do is just play my version, which is... It'll be rug tie. Rug tie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. so, so as it stands right now, I'm at one ancestral recall, two lightning bolt, one mana drain, four high tide. I did the. I think it's the Drew Tucker art. Give me a second. I'm really sad that there weren't four four different arts. I would have done the rainbow, but instead I just did four of the Drew Tucker hey, high tide. That's okay. Tucker art's sick. Yep. Um, one Hercules recall, three disintegrate, one stream of life, time walk, one earthquake. One brain geyser, two transmute artifact, three fireball, one channel, time twister, one recall, one regrowth, one wheel, all the artifact power, four candlesticks, soul ring, chaos orb, one rocket launcher, two two sylvan libraries. Yes! Rocket launcher! This is where I probably need some assistance is sorting out the land base. Right now it is seven island, three mountain, four volcanics, one library, four trops. That probably needs like one or two taiga. No, probably like one That was the like thing is like blue's so important. Yeah, you don't play weird. Any like, I don't know. It does feel yeah. weird with the three mountains. I think that I was playing I I mean instead of the mountains, run fucking taiga. It does the same goddamn thing. Wasteland doesn't exist. Just run three taigas. Yeah, and it does feel weird being a hack and playing zero strip mine. You gotta do it, man. Yeah. The deck needs yeah. colors. <laughs> It's also a combo. I so. mean, I'm only, I'm only I'm only playing one. <clears throat> yeah, maybe I'll throw one in there. I'm playing I'm, sure. I'm playing rookie numbers in this gambit. The reason that I play this deck is because I get strip mined and sinkhole so goddamn much accidents. <laughs> that was like fuck it. I'm just gonna this is I'm true. just gonna play land tax so that it fucks them over. Yeah, I think if anyone shows up with any sizable land destruction package, I'm hosed. <laughs> so i.e. when like, you just you you're board. here to be fine, Matt. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, It'll be when, when Eric is, when yeah, Eric is like, hey, can I borrow four Ice Storm and four Stone Rain and the duels to play? You know, he's got the duels to play him now, and it's just like, no win condition. His only win condition is Black Vice. You know whatever I'm playing, I'm, I'm splashing four Tsunami because that Lobster Con list just inspired me. I'm like, yeah, we're we're, we're rocking four Main Deck Tsunami, and like, you know. 
I played I played one in one of the the one strip mine, and I think I play, I think I played one main and two side. I did blow up I did blow up eight eight. I played some of my guys' bad touch list, but it, it didn't do much against Dallas. No, no, not. Oh, and one of the side projects for this is anything that can be FBB is FBB. I generally stuck with German. There's a nice. few. I did Korean. One of the transmute artifacts is a really sick artist proof that I splurged for. So it's it's very pretty. Whether it's good or not is a whole other story when I have to face four strip mine and probably sinkholes all day. But well, I've been trying to talk Sean O'Brien into tag teaming with me so he can play vintage and I can play old school and dressing up like the bushwhackers. That's that's what I want to do for Sunslide. Walk around with colors oh. like this. Deck choice wise. I can't. I mean, I can't wait to see the decks that we get this summer. Seeing Matt play this like. If Matt and I get paired up, like Matt just fucking kicks my shit in. I don't think I can. I don't think I can beat Matt. I will say, in preparation for SummerSlam, I did buy a uh, TCG player store out of thirty-four copies of Dwarven Miner. So uh, we will be <laughs> we will be stamping him and, and handing out the, the world's sexiest non-basic land hate to uh, all participants. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Well, I also we are going to have so each player that signs up in addition to getting that will get one of each unlimited basic that we're going to stamp so that they can have their opponents sign them so they have like basically like a you know one of each basic from unlimited that you know hey if you want to play with them awesome you want to frame them you got something that's kind of cool to put up so I've been at the shop and anytime there are anything that is beyond LP he's just been telling me to put unlimited basics like aside so there's like a whole line of like 40 of them that have like fucking magic marker dots in the corner. And I was like, nice. those are perfect. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to draw dicks on them anyway. So it <laughs> doesn't happen. matter. And I at least have a t-shirt for this. I'm still trying to think about if I'm going to do a wrestler thing. I think I saw an idea. We'll see. Um, but my t-shirt is it's solid black and there's three pink, uh, like paint swipes across it. And it says pro, uh, pro life, pro science, pro wrestling. <laughs> nice. So at the very least I'll wear that if I don't, I'm probably going to come dressed up as the Macho Man Randy Savage and blow my vocal cords by like... Oh, yeah! <laughs> yep. <laughs> Basically. So, yeah, we're you know we're going to be catering food and doing the whole thing. But, yeah, so SummerSlam, doing that whole thing. The store's going to open up back to the public at 6 after the event. And they actually have an arcade machine, so I'm sure that Ned Leeds and I will play some Street Fighter where I get annihilated. And there will probably be many rounds of Jihad that will be fast-paced as fuck. So we'll probably have a six-top of Jihad going. And I know Dr. Bill is looking forward to the Vintage Cube. So he's bringing that for Friday and Saturday night as well. And he might even stick around Sunday so we can draft it at like noon on Sunday while people are waiting for flights and trains and shit like that. So we may do that. I'm just excited. We should, we should so. get like one of those like um, roller coaster reaction cams for like the normal college students. Like coming in at like 6.30 and being like... <laughs> Oh, just, just rotating 180 and walking back out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's well, it's so funny is because, you know, Donnie, the bartender, is in on it. Like, he was part of the promo picture that I've been sending out to people. The Tim that's in the photo is, like, the the judge. He's actually one of the judges at the store, and he's going to show up that day and play and, like, help out with rules stuff. The owner, like, they're going to dress up. Like, everybody's planning on dressing up, like, cosplaying and dressing up and shit. So it's going to be a good time. If Ziggy Humphreys comes, you know he's going to have the belt. 
and there's Ooh, gonna be a grudge. You got you, you got to get you got to get it back, man. I yeah. I, well, I've never had it. That's the thing. He's always been the people's champ. I'm just the heel trying to take him down. You, you got hometown advantage. Man. So the actual dress up idea I had was to try and find a set of Rick Rude tights, <laughs> and I cannot find those. And just so many times he's like shown up with like a picture of his opponent's wife on his pants. And usually with the phase over his crotch. Dude, just do a picture, just to troll do a people. picture of Seabiscuit and have it printed over your crotch. <laughs> That'd be funny. Like, that's how you do that. You just show up with, like, somebody that is going to be at the event's face on your crotch. <laughs> but there will be, you know, we're going to have some prizes for, like, best cosplay. We'll have some, some cool door prizes. Tons of signed cards and stuff. I think we're probably going to have 30 or 40 at this. I'm hoping that some of the people I've sent invites to, you know, get back and are able to make it because we can fit comfortably 60 in the store. And that's like not sitting, you know, ball to ball. You guys got anything else tonight? You guys been working on any deck projects or anything? Are you guys... I talked about High Tide, so yeah. And then there might be another one in the works. We'll see. I bought a modern I'm going to unveil my project at SummerSlam. Who are you? I bought a modern deck. Jamie, if we're going to have an intervention, we need to start the cast with it. We can't end the cast with it. <laughs> Next time on DGen Cast, the hack father has to go through rehab because of his poor life decisions. But the cream will rise to the top. The cream will rise to the top. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about my intervention later. <laughs> so, well, it was great talking with you guys tonight. I really yep. appreciate you coming on, Matt, and crunching numbers because. I'm I'm not a numbers guy, Coach. I'm not a letters I'm not a letters guy either. Much love to DFB and the LobsterCon crew. Looking through those deck lists was like the best part of my month. Like super fun time seeing what people came out with, and there are some great fucking decks in that report. Like oh my god. Yeah. 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 I I've, I've been thumbing through it over the last couple of days as you guys were were talking about wanting to record this. I've, I've been slowly going through. There's, there's, you guys hit all the ones that I And would my whole family finally got COVID, so I can finally be like, all right, I guess we can go places now because if there are horrible long-term effects, I'm getting them anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Don't ban us, DFB. We love you. <laughs> we love you, DFB. We, we, we know that you run great events. You know we have to just like pull your chain a little bit. Anyway, you guys have a good, good night. night. Hackfather Slater. Take care, everyone. Friends, tear it